2: Podcast. Week 12 is not quite in the books, but we're going to go ahead and uh, look ahead to Week 13 uh, in the waiver wire. I'm Jake Litarski. You can find me on Twitter at Roto jake Filling in this week, thank you very much for Joe. Is Jeff Erickson? You know the man. He needs no introduction. Find him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson, FSTA Hall of Famer. Uh, also, I found out recently, member of the Hole in One Club uh, in golf. And very, very recently, almost made it a second one. Uh, Jeff, how's it going today?
1: Is Tim Chuller telling you stories about me again? Yes, yes. I'm hearing golf stories from Shu. Yeah, I, I did once have one. Yeah, uh, and that was fun. You know, I, play, I sure, certainly played enough, but, uh, you know, I have a great uncle. I had a great uncle who had five, plus a lip mm-hmm. out on one. He lived to be 103 years old, too. So, amazing man. Um, I'm doing well. Very busy, uh, as as are you. I mean, you got college hoops going right now and football. We don't we we're not even done with week twelve yet. We're talking week three, 13 free agents. I'm doing the value meter later today. Uh, it's it's a busy time, but it's a good time. Let's jump into it.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first, I mean, scheduling changes. I think when I listened to you and lists, uh, uh, we were still going forward as if the game was going to happen on Tuesday, and now we've got the game here pushed over to Wednesday, which means. Most leagues, I think, are going to do waiver wires uh, Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, especially with no Thursday night football this week.
1: That's kind of the norm that you're hearing, too, right? Yeah, that's that. in fact, I know Yahoo for sure has pushed it back. Uh, there's some talk even maybe pushing it to Thursday night in some cases because mm-hmm. no Thursday game, uh, which, hey, I'm all on board for that. The more information we have, the better. I mean, how many mm-hmm. people rushed to pick up Samaj P. Ryan last week?
2: Yes, uh, exactly. And-
1: you know, great. Yeah, I mean, you would have had to wait to do waivers until Friday night to do that, but, or Saturday, yeah, even, but...
2: It's crazy. Yeah, so I mean I do this show with Joe every week on Tuesday and there's always a couple guys like it was it was the Jameis Hill or Jameis Winston story You know a couple weeks ago where on Tuesday that looks like a prime play but then you get to you know Friday Saturday and it's not quite there here So uh, <laughs> yeah definitely a unique week and I'm very much in favor of uh, you know giving us extra days to get as much time as possible here I uh, want to get a quick read in first for prop swap smart sports betters always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet And that's why smart betters use prop swap you can always find the best odds on prop swap because your buying. Directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use the promo code ROTO500. That's promo code R O T O 500. And PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app. Jeff, I, we usually get started on Tuesdays by talking a little bit about uh, Monday Night Football here. I mean, Seahawks took care of the Eagles pretty handily. DK Metcalf is an absolute fantasy god. Uh, the story here that we that that stands out to me, at least, is, I mean, Wentz is bad, but he's not getting a lot of help either. I mean, how close do you think we are to maybe Jalen Hurts' time, or do you think we still see this kind of split going you know, indefinitely.
1: Well, the one thing I will do is make sure I don't ask Ian Rappaport his opinion about that because he was yeah. like, oh, we're going to have a lot more Jalen Hurts this week. And he had two plays. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Exactly. Really? I mean,
2: that's why we separate rumors in our own in its own little corner of the site from news, you know, basically the Ian Rappaport feed.
1: Right, right. Well, and, you know, there's Glazer, there's Schefter, mm-hmm. step, 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 step rap report you know Pelissero, yeah. i'd put above rap report for sure too you know and he, he's yeah. same same network too in nfl network you know they do that um but i, I he, he's not getting much help both from the offensive line and from his wide receiving core uh, you know travis Folgum was a great story for a while he wasn't even on the field from i think he was only on the field for like 38 snaps last night uh, mm-hmm. the, the bloom is off that rose a little alshon jeffrey Got open one play on a the go. They they highlighted that he was open and he didn't throw him. They threw the check down instead. Miles Sanders had two bad drops. Jalen Rieger, you know, he had a lot of contested plays, didn't come down with them. Uh, they were tough. But, you know, mm-hmm. for someone who's supposed to be a first round pick, a league receiver, kind of make those plays. Uh, Absolutely. And the offensive line is just in shambles. I think that's the biggest factor. They, that offensive it's... line's in really bad shape. Mm-hmm. And the play is yeah, I... terrible, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the telecast nailed it here. You know, people will want to clamor for Hurts and want change for the sake of change. But, you know, with the the offensive line problems aren't going away. Your receiving core issues. I mean, Dallas Goddard was your leading receiver with 10 targets in that game. The receiving core issues aren't going away. Um, I, you could go to Hurts, but I don't think it necessarily gets much better here. So you just kind of play this out. And again, this is the NFC East. So really, you go on a two-game win streak and suddenly you're in first place. Right, and we've all seen
1: Hertz as a passer in college. He he lost his job to Tua for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. he he was a dynamic player at Oklahoma, but it wasn't because of his throwing. It's because of his legs. You know, he, he's he's more of a run quarterback than he is a passing quarterback. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Uh, any other notes on this game here? I mean, I, Miles Sanders
1: had a rough one. Chris Carson's back. Any other takeaways at all? You know, one of the things is uh, on the the Seahawks side of things, the play calling early was terrible there, too. Like, David Moore on a jet sweep and fourth and goal. I mean, it, it's like Brian, you know, it's Brian Schottenheimer. We shouldn't be surprised. Remember when Brian Schottenheimer was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta and he pulled some of that garbage? That Patriots game, there was a Sunday mm-hmm. night game. The pa- uh, they were, The Pats were hosting the Falcons. He did the same thing with running jet sweeps on fourth down there, too. And not having Julio Jones on the field on critical plays, that... Falcons-Eagles playoff game. He had no Julio, no no Sanu. They didn't have his top two receivers on the field for that play. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. They may do some dumb things from time to time. They've let Russ cook mm-hmm. most of the year, but they still they, they can't help themselves every once in a while.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy as a someone who rostered Chris Carson in a couple leagues to have him back. Sure. But Carlos Hyde got 15 carries compared to Carson's eight. There, I I imagine that the, it'll kind of flip flop here as these next. Yeah, that was weeks. just a working right. in sort yeah, of thing. Exactly. Right on time for the fantasy playoffs there. So, uh all right, meat and potatoes here. Going to talk some waiver wire here. Of course, great piece by Kevin Payne on the website talking about uh you know some early targets you can get, and I, of course we might see this waiver wire thing moved a little bit. Uh, last week, Joe and I talked about Taysom Hill, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield. I mean, Mayfield ended up having one of the better games out of the three there, but I don't think that necessarily means he played spectacular. About I, any I know, means. I, mean, I was going to
0: say, you read the box
1: score and you think, okay, that was a good game. You watch the game, you see one of the worst passes of the season that missed a throw to Rashard Higgins in the end zone, and then follow that up with overthrowing Landry at the goal line too on that one there. It was a great goal line stand by Mayfield, but then he made these (laughs) impossible throws. It it was wild. Well, yeah, and of course uh, this is
2: always going to be the run-first team. And you might think on paper that you know he's got a matchup against Tennessee. If you look at th- it stacks up, Tennessee's given up quite a few fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, uh, you know, of late. But you know maybe I'm looking somewhere else to stream. Maybe I'll target Baker Mayfield's opponent from last week and look like look to a guy like Kirk Cousins who has the home game against Jacksonville. He's only 40% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And again, it's early. It's Tuesday. We don't know, but maybe Adam Thielen comes back. That can only help him for sure. Yeah,
1: Zimmer said yesterday that he expects him to come back but yeah we'll find the practice reports the, the the transactions will tell the story if he if he's out there if he's activated he's playing and it's it's a very binary yeah. thing at least with that we know he's easy in or he's out it's kind of like a concussion for that matter
2: yeah absolutely any interest in philip rivers 30 percent at houston it's another one where the matchup is there but then you have to sit back and think man the playoffs are on the line and I'm thinking about starting Phillip rivers in my lineup this
1: week, right? Of course. Uh, no Bradley Roby though. Uh, the question is what sort of pass rush is Houston going to generate? Because we know rivers when he faces a ferocious pass rush, he's in trouble. When he doesn't, he can carve teams up witness what he did against Cincy, what he did. Uh, you know, he had a good three week stretch where he's actually throwing pretty well through over 300 yards. Uh, but if he has to play catch up, if he has to, uh, you know, if, if he has to dodge the rush, then yeah, he's a liability. But if he, if he has time, he'll do well. Um, so I think it's probably more, I think this is a pretty good matchup for him.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, the other guy I had was going to talk about in more of a feature spot, but now, you know, I see the news today that Tua looks like he's leaning towards playing, you know, again, Tuesday show, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 20% versus yeah. your Cincinnati Bengals here. There was some interest in Fitzpatrick. Maybe he would sneak into the rankings with those other guys I discussed, but, uh, now it's just kind of wait and see and see what happens here
1: yeah yeah nice scheduling quirk uh, there for the dolphins to get uh af- after Tua gets hurt you get the jets and Bengals. uh thank you uh it's a nice little bonus there uh gives them a better chance to hang on in that afc east uh, to stay with the bills uh yeah he's usable uh either one whoever gets a start is usable Tua, you know he had that great game against arizona we're like okay yeah he's ascendant We kind of forgot Mm -hmm. what happened against the Jets, I mean, against the Rams the week before when he really struggled early and then the Dolphins defense took over that game and he wasn't asked to do that much. I think he's another one of those guys that, you know, against a good pass rush, which is a null set in Cincinnati, by the way. Uh, So that means, yeah, he'd struggle in, but this is a good setup for him. Yeah. So I think he's he's definitely usable.
2: Yeah, I picked Tua up in a 14 teamer where I had Patrick Mahomes to kind of use on his buy. And then I, and then I hung on to him for a little while, but he's since been sent back to the waiver wire here. Um, Yeah. I mean, you see what you see what you've got going on here. And, and, and he's generally the short end of the stick there here. Um, I put Mike Glennon in two quarterback league conversations because he did play pretty well in the loss to Cleveland. And that was, you know, without a couple of top receivers here, you know, in DJ shark. And I believe Chris Conley was out for that one. So um, we don't know if it's going to, if we're going to go back
1: to Jake Luton, uh, probably it won't be Luton. It's out. either going to be Minshew or Glennon. Uh, yeah, okay. And it might be Minshew. That's the thing. That's mm-hmm. the wild card here in that one there. I would mm-hmm. actually take a look at uh, Gardner Minshew and see if uh, he's, uh, you know, if he's available because it's a good matchup against Minnesota.
0: You yeah, know, you absolutely.
1: Climate controlled yeah. indoors, you know, big, this bad defense. They're getting a little bit better here and there. Eric Kendricks Eric is a really good linebacker. He, he's he's causing problems for people, but you know, I, I think that uh, that's not a bad matchup there. Well, especially if they get uh, DJ Chark back, that's a big consideration there too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So whoever's under center there, assuming you get Shark back. Uh, the latest we have on our site is, you know, Coach Doug Marone said after the game that Glennon's performance will certainly impact the decision-making process, you know, for the for the Vikings thing. And like you said, glorious matchup against the Vikings, um, you know, that's kind of a JV secondary there. They lost their big guys and then have also kind of been bit by the injury bug a little bit. Um, you know, more two quarterback lead guys. We kind of talked about Hurts. I don't necessarily see him getting enough snaps to be relevant. And I mean, he's kind of one of those guys that maybe is rostered in two quarterback leagues already. I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but any interest in Colt McCoy, if Daniel Jones can't go
1: (laughs) all ports in a storm, it is Seattle. Although that Seattle is obviously not the same matchup as it was earlier this year. We've seen the last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks, they played harder. Uh, But yeah, I mean, if it's him or, you know, Trying to think. Yeah, he's probably QB 31 or 32. But guess what? If you're in a super flex league, I'm in a 14 team super flex league. You know, Mm -hmm. just like every job has value. uh, You know, every quarterback has value uh, in that sort of sense. You might not because some people are hoarding. They have three, maybe four quarterbacks. You know, you got Mm -hmm. you got to that's the port in your storm right there. Yeah,
2: that's exactly why Joe and I try to hit a couple of these fringe two quarterback leagues. Guys, I mean Andy Dalton, eleven percent at Baltimore. Sam Darnold looks like he's going to be back, eight percent versus Las Vegas. You know, they're definitely in a tier below that first set of guys that we talked about here. And uh, and yeah, the Giants, you know, Seattle, they're what thirty second in the league right now, right now in uh, points allowed to opposing quarterbacks per game. So that's pretty rough. Um, And also, but, but like you said, they look a little bit different. Will Colt McCoy see Jamal Adams coming? That was the big thing. He he got home several times last night.
1: Yeah, and so like if your choices are Brandon Allen and Colt McCoy, I think I'd go McCoy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know, maybe like a Mullins ahead of him. I don't think Jimmy G's eligible to come back yet. So yeah. Although yeah, so you, you're say, kind of you saw with... that
1: comment though that Shanahan wants him back by the end of the year. Him and Kittle both. You know the Niners mm-hmm. have life.
2: And That that's amazing. I I cut Kittle because it was supposed to be an eight game injury, and I figured like, what's the best case scenario? I maybe get him back week seventeen or in the playoffs. That's not going to help my fantasy team, but apparently I'm going to help somebody else because now I'm sitting there with uh, I think Noah Fant is my starting tight end, and there's no quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. And although they'll have a quarterback this week at least. Uh, all mm-hmm. three of those guys tested negative. They're supposed to be eligible again on Wednesday. So, and, and, mm-hmm. and I I gotta expect they're going to sign like another safety you know another quarterback that's put away on their their uh mm-hmm. practice squad and they'll quarantine this one too
2: yeah exactly so uh i assume it'll be drew lock i mean just for the two quarterback uh i agree you know that. leagues out there yeah uh he was i think he was out because of the contact tracing but tested negative on sunday but just wasn't going to play you know overly precautionary that's I right well it.
1: it's because they all wore maskless and on camera without masks in the same room together so okay oh,
2: Yeah, that's a big no-no for 2020 here. I think we covered the quarterbacks about as well as we possibly can. So let's move on to running backs. Last week, Joe and I talked about Gus Edwards, who, of course, still hasn't played yet. Uh, We talked about Frank Gore, who seems to be still in play. He's only 25% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, James White has kind of crossed our 50% rostered threshold. He ended up with two touchdowns. Uh, Brian Hill, kind of that Hill, Edo Smith, you know, split, Carlos Hyde, carry on Johnson. I mean, out of that group here, we'll see what happens with Edwards tonight. I mean, I've seen kinda of, or, or tomorrow night I should say, I've kind of seen some rumblings of maybe uh, you know, Ingram or, or Dobbins suddenly being eligible if uh you know the game's pushed back enough. So maybe that smashes out Edwards a little bit, but what about Frank Gore? I mean, it's it's amazing that we have to have this conversation here in twenty twenty, but uh I mean if he's gonna get that type of carry volume you don't ever feel good about starting Jets, but, I mean, he's a guy that you either pick up because you need a running back or you pick up to block your opponent from getting the starting running yeah, back, right? Yeah,
1: I, I can't do it. I just can't. Uh, you know, I, I understand, you know, so, again, the, the any port in a the storm theory. I just advocated it, but it, it'll take, what, 21 touches last week. I and Michael P. Ryan out being out just changed everything there. I I get it when your alternatives are so thin, uh, but I I would rather see them, you know, that's just so jets that they don't even think about going Ty Johnson or Josh Adams. It's just, we got to go with the professional, Frank Gore and all that. Uh, There's just no upside there. There's just none.
2: Exactly. It was uh, 18 carries for Gore for two to Johnson. Gore was on the field. 58% of snaps, 18% to Johnson, and he even ran more routes. So, uh, the, the usage is there. I always like to say that, you know, half of fantasy is skill and half of fantasy is opportunity when you're evaluating players. You know, who knows where the skills at at 37, but uh, the opportunity at least seems like it was there. At least with Michael Pirine, I was mildly interested, you know, as a younger guy right. with some upside there, not so interested in Gore, even though. He's got the Raiders this week. And on paper, that's a decent matchup, 28th uh, most fantasy point or 28th least fantasy points allowed to uh, opposing running backs here in uh, in standard format. So yeah. uh, definitely someone to, uh, to think about here. Um, speaking of younger guys with a little bit more upside, I think Cam Akers has to work his way into the conversation. You know, we were talking about Jerry's hidden stat line article here. Um, he mentions in that that uh, Akers took 54% of the second half snaps and got eight of the nine carries. So I guess, one, if you're a Daryl Henderson owner, are you worried? And two, are you rushing to pick up someone like Akers this week?
1: If you're a Daryl Henderson owner, you're in a perpetual state of worry. Uh, of course. And, yes, I have them in, like, three leagues, of course, too. Uh, you can't really use any three of them, any of the three. like not mm-hmm. At least not reliably. If you're in a, a super deep league, and those do exist, I'm in one. I'm, like that that said, Superflex League, it's not only is it a Superflex League, it's 14 teams, and there's two additional flex spots and two tight end spots. Yeah, so we dig into the corners pretty deep. And you added, you know, Carolina and Tampa Bay being on bye, you may, you know, you might not have Mike Davis this week. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that there. I like KP's uh, uh, primary target, though, this week, Devontae Booker. I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to play. I know Jacobs is sharing yep. the brave talk and all that, but... I really like Booker this week, and, you know, it's against the Jets. They're favorites. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try to, at least. After that stink bomb they laid against Atlanta, who knows? But I do think Booker's the guy I really want to go after this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going to get to him next and I think uh an argument could easily easily be made for Booker being the number one overall pickup this week. I mean, of course, when Josh Jacobs dealt with that ankle injury, Jacobs is tough. He's played through a lot of uh a lot of injuries in the past and during his rookie season, but uh you know, it was Booker that was getting out there 35% snap share, five carries, you know, compared to 60 for Jacobs. Of course, the blowout nature of the game had a little bit to do with that. I mean, the the Raiders just got destroyed by Atlanta here. Also worth noting Jalen Richard was out due to a non-COVID illness so he could be back to kind of sneak into that carry work right workload there but uh you know upcoming matchup against the Jets this is the uh I mean this could be the top pickup of the week probably is
1: yeah and if you have Jacobs in leagues and like I do I've been I actually have Booker stashed you know it's that time of year where you know I don't always go out and get the top backup to a player but now that it's identified it's clearly Booker you know, earlier it was uncertain whether it was Booker or Richard. Now we know it's definitely Booker. You know, you go grab that guy just for this sort of rainy day. And so then yeah. you don't have to compete in fab for him.
2: Yeah, so, so that's what I wanted to discuss because I've got myself an interesting fab dilemma on my hands. You know, my three running backs are Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, and Mike Davis, of course. So Carolina being on by this week. Carolina and Tampa Bay on by this week. Uh, so this is a situation where you don't even think about the fab number anymore. I'm throwing the rest of the fab I have on Devonte Booker and whoever's playing me, if they have more fab than me, it would be a silly move to not make sure I get outbid for Devonte Booker. Yeah.
1: Well, and this is where you definitely look up and see who has what fab money left. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can't win them, if you don't have the hammer, my advice is look to see who the next lowest person in fab is and bid one more than them. You know, exactly. they're going to max out probably, but, so you just mm-hmm. beat them because you, if you can't beat, you might, you know, you might as well at least save a little bit later on, especially if you're allowed to fab later in the season. The NFFC, this is the last week you can fab, so it's oh, okay. balls to the wall. You go get them, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, another league, can't, another format. You, you can take it with Be a little bit yep. more circumspect. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, I'm right with you there. It's definitely a unique strategy here uh, towards the end of the year, league, and You're always, you're always playing for something, whether it's playoff seeding, whether it's a points championship, I'm always in favor of leagues that pay for points over record. Cause record can be so fluky, but there's always something on the line, seeding other people that you're competing for a playoff spot with. So definitely, uh, definitely take that into account whether it's wednesday thursday friday whenever fab happens this week uh absolutely want to think about that Uh, a couple more running backs to talk about um i wanted to talk about the colts backfield because you've got jonathan taylor he was on the reserve covid list didn't play last week um it's really unclear whether he exactly tested positive i had heard that uh maybe it was his girlfriend that uh that had it and he could have been exposed so he was there so um who knows what's going to happen this week. That's a little bit there. Let's just assume Jonathan Taylor's out though. I know Naheem Hines had a heavy, heavy workload, but you have to remember that they were behind this entire game due to the, uh, you know, due to Derek Henry, just absolutely going off in the first half. Um, I wrote down Jordan Wilkins. He's only 17% rostered. Is that a viable play for you suddenly assuming a more normal game flow, uh, without, without Jonathan Taylor around?
1: Yeah, it's not a bad play. Uh, in fact, you know, yeah, I, I think so. I, I like I might even like him. I like if your choice is Gore or Wilkins and we know Taylor is out, I go Wilkins and we don't know this now. I mean, the problem. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Exactly. Pushing the, the your waiver deadlines back a day or two is, is vital in this sort of instance. It gives us more time for get more information. You know, we'll have Wednesday practice reports and that'll tell us something before we have to do our bids on Wednesday night. Uh, but yeah, I, it, there's an upside there. And you want to go against this Texans run defense. It's a pretty bad run defense. Adrian Peterson had, you know, the two rushing touchdowns carry on Johnson when he was getting work was running well. And that that's not even a good running offense. And they were able to do that. I think the Colts offensive line Wilkins could be a pretty interesting play. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. definitely check it out. And yeah, keep in mind too, it was game flow, and also Hines tore apart Tennessee the week, uh, the previous matchup. So he was kind of predisposed yes. to being the lead guy that that way, anyhow. But mm-hmm. this week, that might flip a little. Yeah, where does a guy like Alexander
2: Madison, at thirty-two percent rostered, flip into these rankings? Delvin Cook, you know, didn't have his best game. He left the game with an ankle injury. He was kind of jogging around on the sidelines. Then he came back into the game. I don't necessarily think that. Um, he's in any danger yet of missing. Again, we'll want to see the practice report, but, uh, Madison at 32%, if he's still out there, one, if you're a cook owner, he he's a must add, right? He could arguably be the top ad if your running back position is already set this week.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. And the thing is, if, if he, if you're a cook owner, you should already have him, even though it didn't work out last time. I mean, the Atlanta game was hideous, but some of that was just game flow again. Some of that also was Madison isn't cook. I mean, he is not as much of an accomplished pass catcher. Uh, the, the broadcast last week, I was watching the Carolina-Minnesota game. They were talking about how Madison tries to initiate contact where Cook is better at dodging it. And we saw that in the Seattle game, that critical fourth down play. There was an open hole, and Madison ran right into the tacklers and tried just to bowl his way into the first down, as opposed to seeing this big, wide open gap uh, that like a VW could get through. Uh, he he cho- opted not to do that. They need to work on his vision. Same, same critique has been held against like Jonathan Taylor, too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. a couple of uh, other
2: backfields to possibly discuss here you know there's Atlanta you've got to watch the girly injury situation you sure. know Smith and Brian Hill kind of split carries um, I know Brian Hill was a pretty popular pickup and uh, didn't quite work out this week another backfield that kind of mirrors that similar similarly to me at least is Miami um, I mean is DeAndre Washington suddenly going to be in play you've got to watch for Miles Gaskin Salvon Ahmed coming back um, you know those the, the backfields are both messy here. Anybody in there you want to throw a zero dollar bid on? Um, just Gaskin. in general to maybe. Gaskin
1: because he was productive before he got hurt. Uh, I don't even know if mm-hmm. he comes back this week, so it's it's kind. Of, that's why you throw a minimum bid on it, and we'll know a little bit more. But he did practice last week, so that's that's something helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no no doubt. I mean, uh, Gaskin
2: should be the first name that you type in, possibly in all waivers, just because of, of potential to help you out in the playoffs. Right. He's he's sixty nine percent rostered though, which is the only tough part about that.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how many people held on to him, uh, self included in a lot of leagues. I did uh, mm-hmm. and at some point though that the math changed and I had to go ahead and pay uh, to, to drop him there. That's the worst too. I mean, holding on to a guy and then he gets a longer stint. Like look at how much how much Joe Mixon cost you. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. he not only he missed like three or four weeks and then they put him on IR. And we still don't know if he's exactly. going to come back. And if he does come back, it'll be like the finals of the fantasy playoffs. Someone else will probably get that windfall.
2: Uh, Absolutely. But- I, I'm going to, I'm going to be a sucker and I'm going to draft him in the second round next year, probably too. Anyway, I just, I still believe in him, but I do too. It's going to be tough.
1: Yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So, we like to try to think of drops. Sometimes that's tough because there are so many different league types here. Um, you know, one I've heard floated around after the Antonio B- Gibson big game, J.D. McKissick. I'm in a league that has zero PPR and, you know, I've st- been forced because of, you know, McCaffrey and uh, other situations, James Conner this week to start J.D. McKissick. But uh, once my guys are healthy, I think he might be gone. Uh, what do you think about that? And any, any anyone else come to mind as far as? A drop this week. It's always tough to drop anyone that's getting consistent snaps right. you're at the running I mean, back position. Standard
1: league, yeah, I can see it. Um, but yeah, you yeah, and the thing is, you're going to have. That's the problem is you're going to have to make these hard choices. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we're getting through the bye weeks. If you don't have any Carolina Tampa guys, maybe uh, you know the guy that you've been holding on as a handcuff, but or, or I should say a lottery ticket, not a handcuff. I mean, if it's a guy that's a backup to your back, you want to hold on to him. If it's somebody else's, mm-hmm. that might be your cut and. McKissick, I mean, there are going to be games where he gets tons of targets still. So in, in a standard league, I still could see it. I I, I don't really love it, though, because mm-hmm. I don't trust the football team to make the yeah. right decision on that. Um, yeah, I hear
2: I, you. I'm in a similar spot with Tony Pollard. Like you said, I don't have Ezekiel Elliott do I really need to be hanging on to Tony Pollard here as I, as I need to get a good flex for the last spot in the playoffs, you know, he's something he's kind of fallen down that I don't expect him to suddenly, you know, blow up.
1: if I'm in the playoffs and it might not matter if you don't make the playoffs, we're going to see the most drop player this week will be Royce Freeman though. Everybody rushed to pick him up when they thought he was going to be the wildcat quarterback. Uh, And now, It's back to normal for Denver this week. He'll be your drop in a lot of cases. Kendall Hinton, easy drop.
2: (laughs) Yes, yeah, those guys absolutely. Um, All right, that just about wraps things up for running backs here. Real quick, sports bettors know that the magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sport, sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's Unmatched Sports Insights. Find out today why BetMGM is the king of sports books by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions course 21 years of age or older to wager colorado indiana new jersey nevada tennessee and west virginia only please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in colorado and nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey and west virginia in tennessee call or text the red line at 800-889-9789 if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in indiana promotional offer not available in nevada all right jeff wide receivers to discuss here you know last week we kind of talked about you know adam thielen being out and some of the vikings possible replacements here uh similar situation with the falcons and uh you know that's even more convoluted here julio jones i think zacchaeus left with an injury but the guy we talked about last week that i think needs to be your first uh option when you're typing in someone to look for if you need a wide receiver Debo Samuel, he's only fifty-six percent rostered still, so I know he's a little bit above our our, our threshold here. But um, he seems to be the guy. I mean, he was targeted frequently. He got he got a lot of work. He looks good. He looks healthy out there.
1: Is he is he the top receiver pickup? He's a no-brainer. He's just not available in any of the leagues I play in. Uh, That's but, unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. You know, if he in it, uh, I'm gonna I will double check, of course. Yeah, but you know, last week was the week to pick him up when he was practicing. Unfortunately, but yeah, absolutely no-brainer pickup. He looks awesome mm-hmm. out
2: there. And and he'd be the guy you flex over someone even like Devontae Booker or something like that. I mean, yeah. You throw absolutely. he's a starter for the rest of the season here, you know, especially without without Kittle. We'll see what we have there. Um, we got the news yesterday. I don't know if this came in time for your your guys' show, but uh Will Fuller here, you know, tested positive here for a banned substance, six game suspension here. The Houston receiver thing, it's kind of a mess. You know, they let they let Kenny Stills go, Randall Cobbs on IR. So really, the only two healthy, active wide receivers after, of course, Brandon Cooks, who's I, I looked and I have Brandon Cooks in a couple places. He's only sixty-three percent rostered on Yahoo, so maybe that's worth checking out because he could be relevant and maybe a ten-teamer now. Oh, Cooks but, is I relevant mean, in every
1: team, every league. Mm-hmm. He's been good oh, oh, yeah. ever since uh, Bob got fired. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he's 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 right up there with Debo. You know, and yeah. maybe higher. For that mm-hmm.
2: matter, oh yeah, I I guess I misspoke. I meant to say like a, maybe available in a ten-team okay, league. Fair, definitely fair, relevant. Fair, okay, yeah, fair. definitely relevant in twelve and fourteen-team <laughs> leagues. But the question in terms of relevancy is what happens with Kiki QT and Isaiah Coulter. Uh, I mean, it's tough to uh, envision picking those guys up and starting one with the playoff spot on the line, but. Those are the next men up here. I mean, do you see that, or do you think they just throw to the backfield or, or, or to throw to maybe ends. like a Jordan Akins. No, yeah, think Jordan Akins is my first Got thought. some
1: currency. I mean, mm-hmm. Coulter is kind of a cipher. We don't know. He could exactly. have a Richie James game, or, you know, and then have mm-hmm. the rest of Richie James the season after that, you know? It, it, it could be like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's possible. I don't like the matchup this week against the Colts. I, I think that's kind of a tough setup there. So I'd go mm-hmm. after Cootie. Uh, I probably would, you know, it, it would take a lot doing a lot for me to go after Coulter. Yeah. Oh, Kuti,
2: like a, like a DFS tournament flyer or not even in the player pool.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what the prices are. I, I,
2: I assume it'll be minimum price. I guess that's where yeah, I was working probably not. That I think
1: he'll be more than minimum price. He's their number two. You know, he was already their slot receiver going into hmm. last week, the Thursday game. So. He'll be above minimum, I would think, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the DFS pro here. Yeah. He he missed a lot of (laughs) DFS
2: skills. Maybe college basketball, DFS, you know, MMA, uh, MMA too. MMA, MMA is so hard to play DFS because it just variants, you know, fist fighting in a cage, like, Favorites only win 60% of the time. There's a there's a whole other show to be done about that here. But, yeah, Kute, uh seven targets in the last two games against the Patriots and the Lions. I expect that number to go up here. Uh, Brashad Perriman in half-point PPR. His last three games, 9.9, 12.4, uh, 24.6. Um, if you're in the position, do you cut Crowder and pick up Perriman?
1: Probably. Uh, you know, going back to Darnold, almost hurt Perriman. It's kind of funny. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that that Rams game is horrible for him, obviously, because I bet you that's Ramsey that takes him. Uh, But Raiders Mm -hmm. and Seahawks, that doesn't scare me. You could probably – Yeah, Raiders, yeah. Those are the next two up, and, yeah,
2: yeah, I can buy that for sure. Um, Let's see. What about uh, Buffalo? Uh, John Brown, you know, he was placed on IR before Sunday's game. Uh, You know, I'm seeing Gabriel Davis pop up on a lot of lists here. I mean, 96.8% of the snaps – which was the same as Stefan Diggs, higher than Cole Beasley. He's out on the field a lot, not getting a ton of work. I mean, I guess maybe talk about him in in comparison to someone like Kuti, uh, you know, who are you looking to grab first? Uh,
1: I am going I'm going uh Davis for sure. Uh better up I think it's a really good passing offense. Um I don't trust Kuti as much. Um I know, I mean, I do like I love Watson, but, but I love Allen too. Game flow was one of the reasons why Davis didn't get as many targets. They were trying to run the game out and that was a mistake. But sure. I, I think this week at the Niners, they're going to have to throw more. I think it'll be more of a shootout potential. I, I'm definitely interested in Davis. I, I, I like him quite a bit this week and like, him, he's already kind of had that upside, but he had to be for, He was fourth in line. That was what made it difficult mm-hmm. to really invest in him. But with Brown officially out of the way. Yeah. I like it. Yeah.
2: Rewind all the way back to week five for Davis, uh, against the Titans, nine targets caught five for 58. So at least you've seen some of that ceiling before, uh, I'm with you there here. Um, it's pretty barren for wide receivers, you know, beyond those couple of guys, you know, uh, Colin Johnson had a good game for Jacksonville, but Both DJ Shark and and, uh, Conley were both out with injuries, so I'm not going to take too much into that necessarily. Um, I guess let's go to drops. You know, we mentioned Crowder. Um, I almost rage dropped Darius Slayton uh, immediately last week. He was only targeted twice, didn't get a single catch. Um, We think Daniel Jones is probably coming back, but I don't think that situation improves for him by any means. If it's Colt McCoy under center, I mean, is he a drop for you?
1: Yeah, this isn't his first bagel of the year. Um, mm-hmm. that that's really frustrating. Yeah. You pr- might be, uh, tr- I throw in Travis Fulgham in that list of people that might be a drop, you know, snapshare's snap going down. Jeffries is going up, uh, that, that bodes ill. I mean, they, basically Jeffries kind of taken over that slot. He, he Fulgham got some looks late in that game. So maybe not, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that that's also a possibility.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I wrote down, uh, you know, I, I went to my Packers. I went to
1: Marquez, Veldez,
2: Scantling, just because, um, Alan Lazard is like fully back back now. You know, there's no Mm -hmm. more, um, you know, there's no more easing him back in. And uh, (laughs) Valdez Scantling was against the Bears here. I hardly noticed this when I was watching the game. I was celebrating too much, but uh, 56 snaps on offense for Valdez Scantling. And it looks like zero targets after getting six targets in each of the last two weeks. So, um, you know, there's the fumble here. I don't like to really get on him for that fumble because he set them up to help win the game in the first place. But uh, again, you know, they didn't have to air it out this whole game, but... Lazard has clearly surpassed him on the depth chart, and you can argue that Robert Tanya and Bobby T is uh, up ahead of there in the pecking order as well, and both the running backs. So, you know, if you had to let MVS go in fantasy, I could definitely buy that.
1: Yeah, I could see that, too. Uh, I, I, the snap share is what encourages me about him. Game flow, yeah. too, was another, I mean, they were blowing out the, uh, the Bears. And in the second half, they didn't throw the ball that much. Uh, once they got that last, that, that touchdown to Tunyon, I mean, it was pretty much run, run, run after that or short passes. They didn't need to throw down field. Uh, exactly. that might be true by the way, this week too. Uh, although Philly, I think will provide a little bit more resistance than the bears. Yeah. did. But
2: I mean, Philly, Detroit, Carolina upcoming up, the Packers definitely going to be favorites in all of those. So, yeah, you might see some more of that. Um, all right. So tight ends here. want to talk about that. You know, last week we uh, mentioned Logan Thomas as a guy, you know, we had talked about Jordan Reed, Dalton Schultz off and on kind of an ugly landscape for tight ends. Anyone who plays fantasy this year uh, knows that uh, Logan Thomas uh, is only 41% roster. If you're in the market, the problem for me, though, is he goes up against the Steelers who are giving up the few fewest fantasy points per game, just four, just over four points a game two opposing tight ends there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have Logan Thomas in stake league, but I'm fortunate enough to also have, uh, Travis Kelsey. So there's no situation where I could necessarily see myself flexing him, giving them, given the matchup.
1: Yeah, I can see, I, I hear you on that one there. Um, sad though. I mean, it, it's hard to be, you know, we are trying to find these angles like, Oh, we got to get Will Disley last week with Greg Olson out and did mm-hmm. that get us. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, it is tough. Uh, I'm not huge on Thomas this week either. You know, backtracking a little bit, we were talking about QT and the reason why you might go after him a little bit more this week is the Colts are also really good against opposing tight ends. So maybe they don't go to Akins that much. Maybe they keep throwing to uh, wide receivers. So maybe that's yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Maybe that's that's the way to go. I, I I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but I'm not going to go that hard after Akins or any or Fells or or any of the other uh, Texan tight ends uh, for this week. Cause I don't think that's necessarily a good matchup.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I know uh, Kyle Rudolph got a lot of play last week as like, okay, they're down feeling Irv Smith didn't play. He ended up catching seven of eight targets for 68 yards, but you yeah. know, it's one of those not so fast scenarios because if he gets everyone back, he's right back to where we, we thought of him before.
1: Yeah. Uh, Irv Smith though, this is the second time, you know, he, he came back too soon from that groin injury and this is the second time he missed games. You know, I think Rudolph mm-hmm. might be a play this week. We'll see what happens with Smith, but uh, they will need it. They, they, the good news about Minnesota is they have an extremely narrow tree. You know, they they th- It's Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, and the tight ends. And that's pretty much it. That's the list. Every once in a while you get Amir Abdullah saying, hey, I exist still, but for the most part you're, you're good there.
2: Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one, Trey Burton's at 19%. Normally I don't like this when the whole Colts tight end you know, position group is healthy, and it looks like that seems to be the case with Jack Doyle and right. Mo Ali cox Those guys are both fine. Uh, and even Burton, only 27 snaps in the game against Tennessee here. And, and they were in comeback mode pretty much for the entirety of that game but he still caught three for 42 and scored for the second consecutive week there. So, I mean, um, you know, after John Smith's goose egg this past week, you don't make a swap. At least I'm not making a swap for, you know, whether it's Logan Thomas, Kyle Rudolph, Trey Burton, Dalton Schultz, Jordan Reed, it's Smith still above all of those oh, guys. Right. Of course,
1: right? Yeah. I and mean, again, Colts sh- typically shut down tight ends, tight ends, get bagels all the time too. I mean, let's, let's face it. They have to block a lot more. It's the nature of the beast there. No, I'm, I'm, it's johnny smith easily over those guys
2: Mm -hmm. all right so now we're kind of over to defenses here i was looking this is a really really tough week for streaming defenses uh i guess i'll just kind of read some of those some of them off uh you know 50 is generally our roster threshold um hopefully you listened to the show a couple weeks ago and and picked up the miami defense because their nice schedule uh, is going to continue um but i mean Let's see, New England at, at the Chargers, they're 49%. San Francisco versus the Bills, they're 38%. The other half, the Chargers versus the Patriots, they're 36%. Not touching Washington at Pittsburgh. Not really touching Philly at Green Bay. Tennessee, 26% versus Cleveland. I mean, you don't want Denver against
1: the Chiefs. Any of these one matchups? You got one for me? Hear me out. Seattle had six sacks last night, and they're facing Colt McCoy. All right. Why not? Yeah, and they're, I, they're, I don't know, home or away really matters that much, except, you know, the Giants have to travel. Give me Seattle's defense as a stream this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I can
2: buy that. We don't necessarily know for sure it's Colt McCoy, but it, even if it's Daniel Jones, I mean, he likes to turn the ball over just as much as the next guy. So right. I, I, I can definitely uh, get you there. So. And
1: how they're, about your Packers six, against the Eagles and their yeah.
2: lack of offensive line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. so let's see here. they both of those teams like slightly miss our threshold, though. The Packers are sixty seven percent sixty seven percent rostered that in Yahoo leagues. Yeah, they. I mean, I think a lot of people picked them up for the Bears matchup, knowing Mitch Trubisky yeah. was going to be the quarterback. So the ownership uh, definitely swung up there a little bit. And the Seahawks too, sixty one percent, which is surprising considering they're thought of as a pretty bad defense. They're giving up a whole lot of points. It's just you know, I guess sack upside is something big that you look at when uh, I guess it's when the anti Eagles play. Yeah, absolutely. How about the All Raiders? Right. How, how highly are they owned? The Raiders, what do we have here? Las Vegas. Oh, I might have to go to the next page for them. That's
1: your, your, your standard anti-Jets play. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the one.
2: They're only 9% rostered, so I don't care what the state of their health is. We actually have them projected for eight fantasy points and kind of a standard scoring. That's as good as you're going to get from a streamer now. Uh, you know, looking ahead. For the raiders there's not i mean indianapolis chargers miami denver if you're playing week 17 there's not much after that but if you need a one and done this week i think uh, yeah pick on the jets go back to that go back to that well that's what seems to work that's uh
1: that's the ticket yeah especially with darnold in there it seems like that he, they're actually worse with him now mm-hmm.
2: yeah for sure so um all right, that pretty much wraps it up. We ran down a ton of names today. Um, of course, if you can, rate and review the pod, help us out. We'll go to rotowire.com slash pod for 10 days. No credit card required here.
1: Jeff, any final thoughts on the waiver wire, the state of the NFL, anything like that before uh, signing off? Just remember, do the secondary waiver wire moves too. Once we get more practice information, injury information, especially like the NFFC, that Saturday night one, make sure you do it. Pay, be on top of it, especially because that's your last week to do it.
2: Mm -hmm. absolutely well thanks again for joining me filling in today of course you all know jeff erickson find him on twitter at jeff underscore erickson you can follow me at roto jake happy to answer tough uh, waiver wire decisions if they come up throughout the rest of the week of course Really appreciate it. If you check out the college basketball stuff that like my team and I has been putting out there on the website, um, you know, something a little bit different than normal. We'll get, we get out ahead of NBA this year. So happy to do that. And of course, fights every weekend, uh, all that good stuff, some new product updates. So watch the at RotoWire uh, Twitter account, a lot going on this week. Uh, tomorrow, do you know who you got yet, Jeff? Yeah, I've
1: got, uh, I, 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 that, thanks for asking actually. Um, I, I've got, uh, Cur- uh, sorry, I'm po- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a little senior moment, almost like there. Uh, just to, I want to make sure I get it right for his name. In um, the beginning, Brett Coleman, uh, and he does uh, really good film work. Uh, it's called, and it, he it, it does it's on something the YouTube channel. Uh, it's called the Film Room, and going to have him on. We're going to record at eleven thirty Pacific time. So looking forward to having him on uh, and breaking down the, the week that was and the week will be in week thirteen.
2: All right. Well, thanks again for that update. Make sure to check that out tomorrow. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and, uh yeah, hope you enjoy the show. Hope, hope it helps you out, and uh, good luck getting those final playoff spots.